We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Welcome, everybody. Week four of Brainstorm, as we kind of wrap this up, it's been a series about the mind, the power of the mind. It is the greatest force in the universe next to God himself. And we've been talking about the brainstorms that we go through and how important it is to be able to um, bring our thoughts, as it were, into the captivity to Jesus himself. The question of the subject that we do not want to leave unspoken with regards to brainstorm would flow from this. If I were to ask you, would you say today anxiety is on the rise? Um, without knowing any statistics, I mean, but just what does your gut tell you? Yes or no? Yeah, for sure. The experts, the professionals, actually are using this word today to describe it. It is an epidemic that is just going across all generations. In fact, you take a look at all five generations, and you just would go, check, 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 check. Anxiety, it's on the rise with everyone. If I were to ask you, of all five generations, and we've got all five that are here again with us today, which generation do you think anxiety has the greatest grip on? In other words, there's more anxiety in this generation than any other. What would you say? Just say it out loud. Okay. Would it surprise you if I told you it's Generation X? Those of you that would be that 39-ish up to, you know, 54, somewhere in there, it may be in part because you're just stuck in the middle and you've got to deal with everything. Right? I mean, you've got to deal with all these anxieties up here and all these anxieties and all the people and it's like you're the ones that are just holding everything together that way. Some of the catalysts for this, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised, right? What's causing the anxiety levels to just continue to rise today? Well, it's relationships, it's finances, it's safety, there's health concerns, and even politics has worked its way up into the top five that we have. Probably the most important question, though, is this. If I were to ask you, is anxiety on the rise in you? What would you say? I mean, some I know would say, I walked in with anxiety today. This has been the struggle of my week, or this has been the struggle of this year. Some would say, the reason I'm watching online today and I'm not here in person, it's because of this anxiety and the, the grip that it's got in my life. And with this on the rise, if I were to say to you today, but God's got a word, God's got a word for anyone that is struggling with anxiety. And his word is this, from Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything. How many of you are thinking, I mean, all God's people said, what? Like, you look at that, I mean, how do you feel? Even you know, like, oh, I'm just a failure then. Do you feel defeated? Anybody ready to say, really, God? Like, real? can we just, could we get real here, please? Which is exactly what we want to do today. And though there's truth to this, 
We've only just cracked it. There's so much more. We've been using, all throughout the series, these little cards. It says, my storm says, and it's helped us just to identify that, which is so important, and it also says, my God says, on it as well. We've actually gone through thousands and thousands of these cards. So many people have talked about the help that it is, where you've got it right now, got it up you know, around your house or so. If you haven't gotten one of these yet, I think we've got some on the end of the aisles. And if you find a pile there, just kind of pass them down, um, invite you to take one. Or better yet, of course, this is electronically. If you go online, if you go to the messages there, it's, it's there for you in a, in a file. Or you can just take a picture of them. You know, you grab your phone real quick and snap this. We won't use it now, but we'll use it before we're done today. But I want to reference it. Because there's one part of the card we really haven't talked much about. And that is the emotional quotient that this card is actually revealing. Now, if you ever want a movie on neuroscience and understanding how the brain works, I don't know if you can get a better one than this one. And if you haven't seen it, now you're going to want it. Now you're wanting to <laughs> really go out and take a look at it. But there's a deep theology in it too. Because basically it's going to tell you this. That what you think, you feel. There is nothing you feel. There's no emotion that you experience that doesn't begin in your mind, begin with the thought. Let me illustrate this using our cards again. These are a couple that just have been given to me, so I'll take them right off of, of these. So these are real life experiences. This one, individual says about their storm. It says, college is stressful. I'm in deep debt, and it seems with my problems that God doesn't care. Now, that would be a storm, right? But it's not just words. Think about the emotion behind that, the stress, the debt, feeling like God didn't even care. That's very emotion-generating. How about this one? One word. My storm says, and the word is, rejected maybe from a friend maybe from someone who's more than a friend to you maybe a spouse that you find yourself you're now rejected by the storm is real but think about the emotional component that goes with it as well so i think god's got a message for so many of us today in fact i think god's got a message for every one of us today I think there's something loud and clear that he wants to say. And it's not just here, but it is deep in here as well. Now I wish, I really wish, that I could just um, be up here today as a teacher. And I could just kind of like teach on anxiety, or I could just preach a message on it. I can't do that anymore. Not after the last 18 months that I've gone through. For everybody who knows me, if you know me well, if you know me for years, you would um, describe me to another person as somebody who is a very optimistic person. Um, pretty faith-filled. People would say, if they took my glasses off, they're like, you have the most rose-colored glasses that anybody's ever looked through before. I mean, that, that's just me. That's my personality. For 60 years, 60 years, anxiety has not been anything that I have wrestled with or struggled with at all. Not that I don't have other struggles and not that I don't have the issues in my life that come up. I'm not saying that. I'm just going like, that just hasn't been an issue or struggle for me. So when it came, 
I was like blindsided by it. It sunk its talons into my soul. I had people coming up and saying, are you losing weight? To which I said, yes, but not because I wanted to. I just stopped eating. I didn't want to eat. I love eating. (laughs) I didn't want to eat. First time ever, I had panic attacks. They were paralyzing. Don't judge me. There's times there's just like a physical nausea that would come over. The storms in life, I mean, they were really taking a heavy toll on what was going on. Now, I tell you that in part, first, because some of you here right now is like, I don't have that. I'm, I don't ha- I'm not dealing with anxiety in my life right now. And if that's the case, you need to do this. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, just honestly, thank God that I don't have that going on. But if you do, there's so much that Jesus has for you. If you don't, I still think it's probably good to really listen carefully today. In fact, take a couple notes because you may have a friend that could use some of this. But do you remember I said for 60 years, not a problem. And you don't know at what what corner you turn that it is there waiting for you or it just may blindside you as well. So I'm going to ask everybody if you would just join me in this prayer and we're going to dive right in today. God, thank you for the hope and help that you're going to give. For those that are in the midst of it right now, anxiety, anxiousness, may they leave changed. And may the things that they get continue to bring that life change. Thank you. Thank you for what you're going to do. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said? Let me invite you. Grab a Bible. If you've got one on your phone, pull it up. You've got one in your hand, open it up. Philippians chapter 4 is where we want to go. If you don't have a Bible with you, if you take the few Bible, let's go to page 1675 together. Why are you turning there? Let me just kind of catch you up on the series real quick. If you're just joining with us right now. Now, everything's online, so it's there waiting, um, waiting for you if you want to watch any of those messages. God's word to us with regards to our mind and our thinking is this. Be careful how you think. Because your life is going to be shaped by your thoughts. And we've learned that over and over again. Our series maxim is this, that right now your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You are where you are today. You are where you are emotionally today because of the thinking that has been going on in your mind. Now as we come to Philippians 4, It is the passage that started out, do not be anxious about anything. So those words are there, but I want you to get the rest of it that's there. In fact, I want to encourage you, let's take a couple notes today in our Bibles. You may want to just put a bookmarker in here, look back at it this week, or in fact, in the front of your Bible, write down the page number and the word anxiety next to it, because I think you're going to want to come back here or bring somebody else back here um, along the way. If you don't own a Bible, our gift to you today would be the Pew Bible that you have in your hands, because we want everybody to have a Bible. And again, I want to encourage you to take a couple of notes as we go through here. Let's go together. Follow with me. Verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, that is, that you find yourself in this anxiousness, 
with prayer and petition and thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, say with me the peace of God, and the and the peace of God. Now, before we go any further, here's the first note I want you to take. Circle the word and there. It seems like just a little word, right? Just like, hey, well, we're just kind of moving on. But right beside it, then. If this, then this. If you'll do this, then the peace of God, which, look at it, transcends understanding. I mean, it goes beyond what really you think should be, but it's real. It'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Underline that phrase. Think about it. Think about these things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard or seen in me, put into practice. Underline that. Got to put it into practice. And... The God of peace, say with me, God of peace, and the God of peace will be with you. When you're reading this right now, I want you to think about the context in which it's being written. The Apostle Paul, who is somebody that has experienced a lot of success in life. In fact, early in life, extremely successful. Later in life, after he received Jesus, he continued to be extremely blessed by God and successful. Yet today, when he writes these words to us, he's in prison. He's been in prison for the past four years. He's been chained to two individuals, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 30 days a month, and a year after year after year, and he has no hope of getting out. He's writing to people that are being persecuted for their faith, and they got a lot of reason for anxiety in their lives. But the Holy Spirit didn't just write this for them back then. The reason we have this written, it's kind of cool just you think about it. Why did God write these words and preserve them for us today? Because even though anxiety is on the rise, it's nothing new. And it's something he knew that we'd need. So we want to just plug into that which we need here today. So what did he mean when he said, do not be anxious about anything? He didn't mean that you are to never experience an anxious thought. You're never to, it's a sin, or it's spiritual, you know, failing, fallibility, if you have this anxiousness that all of a sudden just comes over you. He's not saying that at all. He couldn't say it, because he knows that thinking people think, which is really a deep thought. (laughs) Thinking people think. But think about it. Thinking people do what? They, say it again, thinking people, and thinking people think that, and when you think, you feel, because that's where emotions are going to come from too. But here's what happens when thinking people think. When you are told, I was praying with somebody just in the last service about this, they were just told they need to come in to be screened for cancer, and the reason they're being in there is there's the evidence of it. If you are just told, I'm sorry, you have cancer, as a thinking person, what are you beginning to think? You're thinking, this is bad. You're thinking like, this is going to be hard. There could be a lot of pain or the treatments or this could actually be what ends my life. You're a thinking person. You can't help but to think. But what you do next 
That's what's going to be important. But thinking people think. You experience that anxiety when it first comes upon you. If you're looking at your kids and you're seeing them make some bad choices right now, thinking people think. And you go, if this continues on, they're going to end up in a bad spot or they're going to be hurt or they're going to be scarred as a result of it. If you find out your identity has been compromised, thinking people do what? They and you're like, oh, this is not going to go good, right? And that little bit of anxiety may come over you. Or if you're just told, I'm sorry, but there's no longer a place for you here in this employment. I had two people this weekend, one that had been employed 20 years, one that had been employed 22 years, were told, I'm sorry, we don't have a job for you here anymore. What do you think went into their minds? What am I going to do now? I've done this for 20 years. What's next for me? And you begin to feel by those thoughts that are going on. You may be in school right now. Your storm is this. Everybody's doing it. And most people you know are doing it, whatever it happens to be right now. And you're thinking that if I don't do it, then I'm going to be a pariah. I'm going to be cast out. I'm not going to be able to move ahead. I'm not going to have any friends. I mean, thinking people think, which may bring that initial anxiousness to you. God's not saying don't be anxious about anything. Stop thinking. He is saying this. What he's saying to you is, don't stay here. When you experience that anxiety in you, think of it like a flare that's going up and God's saying, you need to look to me now. This is something that you need me for. That's what anxiety can do in our life. It wants to displace your peace. It wants to displace joy in our life. But God said, here's a time that you could experience the living God in your life as well. Here's one thing I had to learn. It wasn't an easy lesson at first. I had to learn this. If it's big enough to be anxious about or cause anxiety in my life, it's big enough to pray about. If it's big enough for me to worry about, it's big enough for me to pray about. If I'm going to be anxious about it, I should be doing what about it? Yeah, right? Let's say it once. If it's big enough to be anxious about, it's big enough to pray about. God said, whatever's causing anxiety in your life, would you come to me with it? In fact, Peter's words were these. The Apostle Peter, so close to Jesus, learned this lesson and is now sharing with other people. He's cast your anxiety, which means you got it, right? You're feeling it. When you got it, cast it on him because he cares for you. Let's go back to this card for just a second. Let this serve as a tool for us. You've written out, here's what my storm says. This is what the anxiety is that's causing me in my life. Now, what are you going to do with your anxiety when you, when you realize, and this is what's causing it? You've got two choices. You can put it into one of these two boxes. I can put it here, or I can put it here. Where do we usually take our anxiety and handle it. What do we cast our anxiety on? Yeah, normally it's like, I'm going to put it in this box. I'm going to handle it. I'm going to take care of it. God says, if you do, you won't have what it is that I have to offer. In fact, God would say this. Would you take that which is causing anxiety, your storm, and would you bring it to me? Would you put it in the box with me? And we're going like, yeah, that's a good thing. God says, hold on to the box. Let me hold on to the anxiety. So we do, right? If you follow Jesus, like, yep, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. 
And once you put it in the box, then what do you do? You wait, like 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't see God doing anything. I guess this is going to be up to me. Now, that's not really true. Sometimes, I mean, you wait like a day or two. But before long, do you ever find yourself reaching back into God's box to take this out because you don't see him doing fixing this. Hear those words. You think God should just be fixing this, and that's the solution. This box may become one of the tools that you find freedom with. Because you go home and you just get a box right now, and you're right, God. It may not be a box like this. You can use any box. You take your car. Take it, you put it in. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that which is causing me anxiety, and I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to trust you to help me with it. If you do that, which I think you should, especially if you're prone to worry or anxiety right now, one of the things that's going to help you is if you want to worry about something, if you want to get up and worry about something in the middle of the night, then here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to throw back the covers. You're going to have to get out of your warm bed and get under the now cold floor. You're going to have to walk across the room or to wherever you got your box. And at two in the morning, you're going to have to take the lid off your box and say, okay, I'm taking this out right now. All right, God, I'm just taking this out. It's two in the morning, and now I'm going to worry about this. Worry about it, and I'm going to worry about it. And when you're done worrying, you may put it back in the box, or you just may put it back. You may leave it right there. But you're going to have to get up and open the box if you want to worry about it once you put it in it. Do you know what God wants? If you will put this here, God wants for you to experience peace. I think some people are here just for this one statement this weekend. That God wants you to have peace in your life. And if you do not have peace, if you do not have joy, then there is something that God wants for you that we're not allowing to take place in our lives. Let me open that up for just a second. God wants you to have peace in your life so much that he sent Jesus. The initial peace that we have with him comes from what he did for us on the cross, receiving him as our savior. If you've done that, God would say to you, since you have been justified through faith, you have peace with me, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came so that we could be at peace with God. Have you, have you trusted him? If you haven't, this is what God's great desire for you is. But once you have peace with God, God wants you to have the peace of God and the God of peace helping you in your life. Listen to Jesus' word about this. If you're a parent and you've ever needed to communicate something to your kids so that they really get it, you probably said something like this. Look at me. Are some of you hearing your parents right now? <laughs> Look at me. Look into my eyes. Hey, everybody, today, if your attention's drifting, I want you to look at me. Look, into, look at me. Look right here. Jesus said this. In these terms, the last thing he said to his disciples when they were together before he went off into his passion or suffering, he said, look at me. 
I've told you all these things so that in me you have, say it, peace. Look at me. I've told you everything so you can have my peace. And then he said, in this world you will have, I'll come back to that. Do you know the very first word that Jesus said to his disciples after his resurrection? He stepped into the room. He said, look at me. And he said, peace. The last thing he said before he left them, the first thing he said after his resurrection, and here's what the resurrection brings. Jesus said, look at me. Peace is what I'm bringing to you. Peace is what is in my heart for you. When Jesus said, I've told you this so that you may have peace, though in this world you'll have trouble, we think peace means that the trouble has gone away. Jesus never said that. He said, in the midst of your trouble, I want you to have peace. In fact, just write this down if you're not writing anything else down. Jesus' peace doesn't require the absence of problems. When you put your storm in God's box, it doesn't mean that you don't have troubles anymore. It means when you're holding on to God and you're doing what he's asking, you're bringing this to him, that he'll give you peace. Here's what I had to learn, that he'll give me peace in the midst of my problems. And that's a peace that everybody is longing for because that's what it means to live in the real world. Now, what I'm going to say next, you won't hear in church very often, but I'm going to say it anyways. Prayer is not enough. Okay, no lightning, good. All right. Sacrilege, right? God said if you pray about it, then the peace of God will be with you. That's true, but it's not all that he said. Because you're cutting yourself off at verse 6. Let's read on. Actually, verse 6-7 says that. Look at verse 8. There's more that we need for this peace. He said, Now finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, if it's anything excellent or praiseworthy, you need to what? Think about these things, yeah. What is he telling us to do right here? He's telling us this. You also, when you pray, you need to be renewing your mind. Why is it so important that we're renewing our minds? Because God has told us that most of the battles that we face in life are going to be won or lost in the arena of our minds. And if we don't think, take the time and make sure that we're renewing our minds, then we will never have what it is that God wants for us to have. He's telling us here, pay attention to what you're putting into your mind. Some things just are more impactful in our minds than others. I'm not saying that, you know, what you're putting in, what you're reading doesn't make a difference, but I'm saying things like, you know, uh, movies and TV and, uh, you know, just all kinds of media, music, um, social media, especially social media that is image-based, like YouTube, I mean, all these things, these have additional impact because they're multi-sensory. So think about, this is one quick example. Think about music. 
Give a favorite song. I mean, a favorite song. Just get a favorite song. Okay, think about your favorite song. Okay, my favorite song. If all you, if your, if your favorite song was just the lyrics, so you write down the lyrics. Here's the lyrics of my favorite song, and you read them, you would probably do something like this. Right? I mean, the lyrics of your favorite song is like, eh, it's not bad, but it doesn't do anything for me. Now you put music to those lyrics, and all of a sudden there's a reason it's your favorite song. Your favorite song moves you. I mean, it impacts you. Why? Because of that multi-sensory experience. Now think about this. The kind of music that we have is going to affect how we think. If, this isn't going to surprise anybody, if you're listening to music that refers to women in a derogatory way, you know, women are whores, women are, and there's all kinds of other, you know, derogatory terms that could get put with that. If that's what's coming in, that's how you're going to begin to look at. Now you may go like, I would never do that. No, you don't have the choice on what happens once it's in because it begins to affect us. That's why it's, God's saying just you want to be careful with it. But I'm in here just going like, hey, censor everything. It's like pay attention. If it's junk, yeah, let's get rid of the junk, right? But God's saying make sure you're getting good that's coming in. There's all kinds of good that God says. Here's one example from Eric. Eric shared this story, I thought, this really helps. At the beginning of the year, he said, I was struggling with anxiety attacks for the first time in my life. I was like, I understand what you're saying, Eric. He said, it got to the point where I felt stuck. I wasn't sure what I could do about it. It was starting to negatively impact so many different parts of my life. Around the same time, he said, I heard about the YouVersion app and the One Million Verse Challenge at Fox River. He said, I have never taken time to read the Bible outside of church, so this is a big, big change for me. I started reading the verse of the day. Sometimes he said, I would just say a prayer along with it. Other times, it was just a quick reflection on the verse. I kept it up for several months and then decided to start just looking at a couple of the other apps. He said, it really opened my eyes and helped me to further connect with God each day. Starting each day with a devotional or reading the covered verses has made such a huge impact in my life. Eric says, my anxiety has decreased substantially, and there are many, many other areas that I'm now seeing God working in my life. And he goes on to say, I'm at day 231 of the YouVersion app, and I do not plan on breaking my streak. Let's give a shout-out to Eric. Like, hey, Eric, that's good news, right? What's he saying? He's saying, I started getting an input in here, and it really had an effect because that affected my thinking as well. If you haven't joined with us, you know, downloaded YouVersion app, joined us in the verse of the day, hope you will, just for the input that it's going to have in your life. If you've done it, hey, I hope you'll stop by one of our displays that we've got afterwards. A couple reasons. We'd like to hear your story, and if you'll share it, we've got a t-shirt that we'd like to be able to give to you. Really nice. Um, it helps us just to keep that messaging, that good messaging going out, like Eric did for us here. One other thing. God said, when you have anxiety, bring it to me. Trust me with it. It starts with prayer. He said, pay attention to what you're thinking. What does your storm say? What do I say? And then he ends with this. Now, whatever you've learned, received, heard from me, you've seen in me, put it into practice. Do you remember where Paul was? When Paul wrote these words about don't be anxious, he was in what? He was in He's writing to people that all kinds of reasons for anxiety in their life. 
But he said, I know that this is going to help. And if you will do what God asks you to do, come to me with it. Bring thoughts into captivity. Your mind, it's taking you in the direction of your strongest thinking. Align with me. Align with what Jesus says. And then practice it, the renewing of your mind. You will experience the God of peace at work in you. What is it that we've learned to do to renew our minds? Four things. Say it with me. I need to write it. I need to think it. I need to say it. I need to live it. The purpose of our card was to help us to write it. What is your storm saying? What is that that's causing you anxiety in your life? Be specific. What is it that God says about what it is that your storm is saying to you? Some of you, I mean, today it's just going to be like, my storm says, and there's this anxiety, and my God says, and you're just going to write Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9 down there, because there's so much that God says about that. But if we'll do this, 21 days, my storm says, my God says, and I'm just looking at it, and I write it, and I think it, and I think it, and I say it, and I'm living it, I'm practicing that. God said, there is actually a measurable change that will be in your mind from the prayer that you're praying. An MRI would detect it because you've renewed your mind. We do not want to leave this series with having learned, with having had some fun, but without having put it into practice in our lives because that's where the life change is. So we want to wrap, our, wrap it up today with this. You got a card? You can use that. Again, if you um, see it up on the screen, you can take a picture of it, use it. But I want you to take a moment, about 90 seconds in fact. What is your storm saying to you? What is your anxiety? What's, the re what's causing that anxiety in your life if you're experiencing it? What does God say? Get it down. Pray. God, help me. God, I'm going to put it in this box. God, it's out again. I found that over. Like, that was crazy, right? I put it in the box. 15 minutes later, it was in my hand. I didn't purposely take it out. It was just there. So I have to put it in the box. 15 minutes, it was there. I have to put it back in the box. 15 minutes later, it was there. Like, God, I'm going to keep putting this back where it belongs. That may be what you're doing right now. And you're going to commit. For these next 21 days, God, I'm going to take you at what you say. And I'm going to open myself up to your working and the peace that you want to do in my life. And we will be that living witness for Jesus. When we're done with that 90 seconds, I just want to pray. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over whatever you've got in your hands. And I want to pray for anybody that's ready here to trust Jesus today. So let's take the next minute and a half. Write it. Think it. Say it and live it.
Lord Jesus, anxiety can be crippling. It's one of the reasons that you've given to us the words that you have in the Bible. Thank you that we can have peace in the midst of our trouble. Lord, I pray that for those that are struggling with it right now. The things that are written on these cards, would you help us to put in the place, to cast it on you, and then just to take hold of you. I pray that our joy, our peace, will mark our connectedness with you. And you're going to help us to get through. For those that are ready to trust you as Savior, Jesus, they've realized your death on the cross, your resurrection, there's nothing else that's going to make peace with God for them other than you. As they now are in a spirit of repentance, repentance of sin, but a trust in you, are saying, Jesus, I need you, I want you, and I ask you as best I know how to to be my Savior. If you have never asked Jesus that before and are ready to do it today, yeah, would you just lift your hand up and say, Guy, I need Jesus and I'm ready to trust him today. Wherever you're at, yeah. Thank you for your saving grace, Jesus, and for this work. And I pray that your peace, the peace that we have experienced in our lives when we open ourselves up to you will now be experienced by these as well. We pray it in your name, Lord. Amen. You know, the Bible tells us that um, when somebody turns to God, the angels in heaven rejoice. Don't you think it would just be a sin for us not to do the same? So for those that have trusted Jesus today, can we just say we are really, you know, just thrilled for God's working in your life. So cool. Before we go, guys, um, if, if we can pray with you about something, again, it just maybe that issue of anxiety, stay in your seat afterwards. We'll come to you. If you've received Jesus today, I'd like to ask you to do this because I'd like to put some resource in your hands. If you grab your phone and just text 555-888 and then the words learn more, one word, learn more, we'll be able to get this to you and I hope it's just a great, great help for you. We're starting a new series next week. I'm really pretty, um, pretty jazzed about this. It's interesting how God's brought it all together. One of the mysteries I think at times for us can be the blessing of God and what does that mean and how do I open myself up to it? Here's just a little teaser of what we've got coming for you. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.